Hey everybody, this is the first episode of Pro Wrestling and Sports Bets Unlocked. When I was searching, trying to figure out what should be the topic for the first ever podcast episode, I thought, well, let's talk of CM Punk. Then I thought, let's... Let's talk Bray Wyatt. Then I thought, let's talk Fight Plus in GCW to show that I'm going to be all promotions. And then I thought, no, let's talk MLW on Pro Wrestling TV, the new app that is out there that you guys can download right this second. And... Then I thought, no, those are all great topics, but they're really not first episode topics. I wanted to show that I am for both WWE and AEW and I also want to tell everyone out there, I know WWE is the leader in professional wrestling. And so when I look around at the business, the, you know, big picture of professional wrestling, it has to start with WWE. They are the top dogs currently. Will that ever change? I don't know. I don't care. As long as you give me my wrestling, I could care less who is presenting it. As long as it's good and as long as it has, you know, different storylines that intrigue me, that excite me, and that make me laugh. So if I start with the WWE, then what would be the topic that I want to talk about? Yes, I I heard you say Roman. And you would probably be correct. I know there are a lot of you out there that want me to talk Bray Wyatt. And I know there's a lot of you out there that want me to talk Roman. I'm going to combine those two, and I'm going to talk Crown Jewel. This Saturday, at noon Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, it's going to stack up to be a good card, as the Saudi shows always are, but it's not... A great card. I think what happened was Vince screwed us, the fans. Uh, one, well, I won't say one last time. Because there's a couple others that are coming up. But I think that he screwed the fans again. So let's, let's just put it that way. By doing money in the bank 
first week of July, and then doing SummerSlam July 30th, last week of July, and making us wait clear to um, September to have Clash at the Castle. He screwed us. He screwed Triple H. He screwed the fans. He screwed the wrestlers. And it was almost like the storylines got jumbled up with those three particular pay-per-views. Because it's really hard to make switches and tell stories and get it all lined up and not get jumbled up. Well, he's done it here again. When the schedule was set, a lot of people pointed out about SummerSlam. However, I didn't hear quite as many people talking about November, December, January. And that is where we have gotten screwed up. We're getting Crown Jewel here on November 5th. We're getting Survivor Series in Boston, end of November. No pay-per-views early December like we usually have. And then it was supposed to be January 1st, the new pay-per-view that Nick Khan basically created day one. Atlanta, Georgia, January 1st. As most of you know, that particular pay-per-view has gotten moved. Now, a lot of people say canceled. From what I'm understanding through WWE, it has been moved. It's been moved back. It's going to be, I believe it's December 27th. And... It's close enough to January 1st, day one, that it's still going to have that four to five, six week barrier in there. You're going to see Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all of those holidays for us families that are going to be out there. And are we truly going to be paying attention to WWE Day 1? And that particular pay-per-view was to set the brand new storylines coming into the new year, coming into Royal Rumble, coming into the road to WrestleMania up. Which means, because there is not an early... December pay-per-view. They did not take Survivor Series and move it back to that first week of December to give some room with Crown Jewel to give some room day one. You're going to see Crown Jewel Survivor Series kind of intermesh. Now what do I mean by that? You're going to see Crown Jewel basically set up Survivor Series that's going to end some storylines, start some others, to get us into 
wanting to watch that day one pay-per-view during the Christmas, New Year's, where we're wanting to party, where we're wanting to be with our families. We're not thinking WWE wrestling. So that is what you're going to see start this Saturday. So I'm going to talk to you and and kind of go over what they have been setting up, what is going to be set up for the future, and kind of get into the nitty-gritty, the weeds of that. So I think, first off, we need to start with what may end up being a kickoff match. What should probably be a kickoff match, and that is almost versus Braun Strowman. Now, my first thing is, how can this be good? I mean, really, how can this be good? It will be a surprise to me if it is any good. These are two big men that are not known for their wrestling technique, uh, almost has not even really went through proper training. Let's go back and talk how he was Shane's bodyguard, doorman, whatever you want to talk about, for Raw Underground. Then went to AJ Styles, where he was taught some basic big man wrestling maneuvers, but was more of an attraction where as AJ got to do the wrestling. So why is he going up against Braun? Well, because WWE can't help himself. It likes big men wrestling in, you know, pay-per-view situations. They have to do something with Braun. And this seemed to be something that they could create. Braun is not that great on the mic. You have MVP in the situation where he could generate a little bit of what's going on. I think this has to be Braun's match, though. Why? Well, because almost would have to automatically learn to wrestle in order for it to be his match, and he hasn't. So, let's stick it with Braun. Which leads me to where I really wanted to go to start off this podcast. Why is Braun even in this situation? Well, see, it. we need to now go back to, I guess, June. June, we have a lot of things going on, kind of going down. Vince is being buried, basically, by every allegation that is coming out pretty much every Thursday or Friday. Uh, We're getting some kind of new allegation, some kind of new fact, I want to, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it, some kind of new fact is being unveiled. 
it's getting to the point where the stock is now starting to fall, no matter if he is showing up on Friday Night SmackDown, and then, if you remember, he was following it up on Monday Night Raw to introduce John Cena, and we were kind of, he's staying, no matter what. Quickly, that's not the case. He decides to retire. We find out that Stephanie and Nick are taking control, and Triple H has now been put in as head of creative. Oh, 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 no, executive vice president uh, of chief content, you know. Um, he has been given all these titles that, We're like, where are they coming up with this from? And then you see him kind of leading into July, knowing that he is going to basically be in charge of SummerSlam. And what can happen there. Well, I can tell you that back in December, Vince had already started talks with Bray Wyatt then. Bray was asking too much money to be given to him as a budget to create this world that Bray Wyatt wanted to live in. Vince was telling him no. That he was asking for too much money to create this world. He needed to scale it back some. They continued talks with nothing set in stone, meaning a contract. And everybody knew in the wrestling industry, the business, the wrestlers themselves, Bray was coming back to WWE. It was just a matter of when. However, when Vince went to retire, Everybody was kind of like, will this continue? Will Hunter bring him in? What exactly is going on? Well, you should have known, yes, Hunter's going to bring him in, but in what way? Now, it has been said Bray wanted to bring the Funhouse to life, and by doing that, wanted to create characters. And that is when you started seeing the white rabbit appear. For those of you who are in the know who followed uh, Killer Cross on the Indies, who followed him in MLW, Impact Wrestling, back to the Indies, doing all kinds of different concepts, then you know he was the white rabbit. And in Bray's world, he had the rabbit. So it was thought that starting in June, July, somewhere in that period, Hunter started approaching people that could not only make Bray's world come alive, but also could be wrestlers that he wanted back anyway. Karrion Cross was a Hunter boy who Hunter wanted to show could be a WWE superstar. 
when giving the correct creative, the correct storylines, and was allowed to take part in it. If any of you have ever followed Killer Cross on, you know, the internet, on the indies, on MLW, or Impact, like I said, you know he can come up with storylines on his own. He can make videos on his own. You got to see a lot of that going on in his Instagram. So he was approached about coming back to the WWE and being the rabbit. Also, his wife, Scarlett, was approached about coming back to the WWE and kind of continuing her character that had been on the indies. Not the one in WWE, per se. In WWE, she was supposed to be Carrion Cross's muse, the woman who made him be who he was. However, if you look for her more on the independence, you saw her more as a sorceress, a witch, per se. Abby the Witch, can anyone say that, in Bray Wyatt's world. So by talking to both of them, you were getting two out of the Wyatt six. Then in Bray and Hunter's world, they approached Braun Strowman, which is back to what I talked about as far as Crown Jewel. He was going to be the huskus of the group. The pig, the um, workout partner of Bray Wyatt and the, the Wyatt Six. And then you were going to have Mercy be Dexter. And then you were going to obviously have The Fiend. And everybody thought the Wyatt Six would be... Bray Wyatt. Um, no, it's Uncle Howdy. So, see, your six is Rabbit, Abby, the witch, then you have Huskus, Mercy, the Fiend, and Uncle Howdy making up the Bray Wyatt six. So that was going to be Bray's world. And this was the reason why you saw these six signed, I should say these five signed super quick because they wanted to build this world and it was all to lead to Survivor Series in Boston end of November where... Bray Wyatt 6 was going to take on the bloodline. But that kind of fell apart because Bray didn't get signed in time because he wasn't signed and able to start his vision and his creative and his storyline. And yes, they were, you know, able to create some of it and hint at some of it 
it wasn't totally prepared. So therefore, you couldn't build that. So you saw Dexter Loomis go in with Miz. You saw Karrion uh, Cross go and Scarlett, obviously, in with Drew McIntyre. You saw Braun Strowman, who has now went in with almost. And is that world now going to be created? I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm hearing no. Hearing that they're possibly going in a different direction. I think they should still go ahead, use those characters, use those wrestlers, allow Braun to control, help their creative. I think that would be absolutely unreal. Now, what happened with Bray? Well, Bray ended up negotiating his contract, and he is doing 40 to 50 dates. I'm thinking that um, it may go up to about 55 on some instances. I hear some people saying they believe he signed for 70 dates. No. Uh, because you're looking at 40 to 50, Bray doesn't, number one, want to be on TV every week, and number two, he is not going to be a house show program. Why? Bray has two young kids with JoJo Offerman, and the travel would be way too much. You're going to see him once a week on SmackDown, some pay-per-views, and that's it. No house shows. Most pay-per-views, most TV. So for that, he got about $3 million a year. It is my understanding when I heard of his deal, he was given a little more in merch money. His percentage is a little higher than what it was and what most WWE stars are. So you are supposed to see Bray Wyatt on Crown Jewel. Notice how I worded that. You're going to see Bray Wyatt on Crown Jewel. Talking to sources yesterday, um, Bray was not uh, scheduled to be on the plane coming from Europe into Saudi Arabia. There was a spot left that he could have been on the plane going from the United States to Saudi Arabia. I don't know that he is on that plane. It has not landed yet, and I'm hoping that he is. However, I have been told that he filmed numerous vignettes, and so could that be what we see at Crown Jewel. I can tell you right now, I'm done, and I, and you heard me correctly, I am done with his inner struggle garbage. I don't want to hear about that anymore. I don't care. He needs to get in to some kind of something. Now, whether that is us looking for who is Uncle Howdy, who I believe is going to end up turning into his brother, Bo Dallas, 
Um, I am blank Taylor. Um, Taylor Rotunda. I I was blanking on his name there for a minute. Um, I believe that Uncle Howdy will be broke. Bo Dallas. So, I want to see a program start, or at least the beginnings of one, and I want to meet Uncle Howdy, Bo Dallas. I want Bray to interfere in this Braun Strowman almost match and make it worth my while, have some kind of surprise there to make this good, because this match right here is completely Horrible. Match they made yesterday. As far as Alexa Bliss, Asuka taking on damage control, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai. Or Io Sky, I should say. Um, this match, I felt for the belts to change hand on Monday Night Raw without any build. Asuka was newly back from her injury. You had seen Bliss on a lot of house shows, so we knew she wasn't injured. However, Asuka was injured. And for there to be no build-up for that match, and for people not... I saw people on Twitter uh, on Monday night saying, well, what's the main event? What's the main event? Well, it was obvious they were building that main event throughout the show. However... People were still saying, what's the main event? Even though it was right there smacking you in the face, shows me there is nothing there with the fans for Damage Control versus Bliss and Asuka, so it didn't need to happen. Now, am I glad that the belts changed hands? Yes. Yes, Damage Control fans, you can come after me. Um, have I had it? I could care less. Because Damage Control, the tag team of Kai and Sky is garbage. They're, they don't have chemistry. Their battle plan, I guess, um, how they are in the ring do not fit together. At all. Still, it's been since July. We're into November, and they still don't appear to be working together. They're off on a lot of their tag team maneuvers, but they're still off on a lot of their singles maneuvers. Now, against Bliss and Asuka, they had one of their better matches that we've seen since July, but I personally think that is because of Asuka and Bliss. Go back to when they were unveiled. They looked horrible together. They didn't have any tag team maneuvers together. They didn't fit together. They didn't look like they worked together. Then come up until you saw them on Monday. Oh my gosh, 100% difference. You have seen them knock off the rust, and they are unbelievable and exciting, and they made that 16-minute match. Yeah, yeah, I know some of you are going to argue and say Bailey did. Well, I agree. However, when you talk in ring, it was Bliss and Asuka 
who did that, I believe they win on Saturday. They have to. Sky and Kai, no one care about carrying the belts. And if you are going to get those tag team belts over, then you have to have Alexa Bliss and Asuka carrying them for at least a little while to get that over and to build to their storyline to turn on each other. Now, next up in kind of the Bray Wyatt world on Crown Jewel is Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre in a steel cage. I am a little bit, a little maybe bit into this, but I feel like Karen Cross needs to win. He needs to move on. He needs to get involved in the Bray world, but they need to do something with Drew McIntyre. He is floundering. Um, I thought it was a great job of WWE at Cash of the Castle to build Drew up, to get all of the fans rooting for Drew against Roman, and then, boom, have Roman snatch it away from them at the end. But, Drew being in there singing with Tyson Fury, that was hokey. It was uncalled for. It made Drew look like a nightmare mess. We need to get him out of that. And Drew has all but flat out said, I need to be a heel. Period. Well, let's make that happen. Uh, Let Karrion Cross win this match with Scarlett doing some kind of witch thing. Even you could have Bray Wyatt come in here, Uncle Howdy, I don't really care, just get it done, and let's turn Drew heel next week when they come back to the United States and have him blasting the WWE Universe for not getting behind him this time like they did in during the pandemic. Judgment Day versus the OC. Now, this has only caught my attention because Carl Anderson has the uh, IWGP Never Open Weight belt, uh, which is New Japan's belt, and he was supposed to, on November the 5th, be in Japan taking on Hikaleo. That is the only part of this storyline that I cared about. Well, when New Japan came out yesterday and said that match is no longer happening, it let it off the hook, the mystery of, oh, where is he going to be? Well, he's going to be in Saudi Arabia. They were on the plane, and they are, they are going to be there. So, does that mean the OC win. No. I don't think they do. I think Judgment Day has to win this battle. I know a lot of people are like, no, 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 no. You've got to let the OC win. They're new. 
they they have to get on AJ's side. No. Because they're going to bring this into Survivor Series. And for it to continue, you have to have AJ bringing in the female member of the OC. To make it a four on four. Three men with one woman versus three men with one woman. Which is going to be the Survivor Series actual concept that you're going to have. Therefore, Judgment Day has to win this battle on Saturday. I think we see Dominic pinning someone. Am I into this? I'm into the Rhea Ripley, the Finn Balor, and the AJ Styles part of it. I'm into the Bullet Club part. I'm into the Rhea Ripley part. I could care less about Dominic Mysterio. So they need to figure out some way to get me kind of interested in that. And I am interested who is the one that they are going to choose to become part of the OC. Now, on house shows, it's been Raquel Rodriguez. She's on SmackDown. Are they going to bring her over to Raw? Or are they going to bring someone up from NXT? Now, me personally, who do I want to see? I want to see Alba Fire. I would love to see Alba Fire come into the OC. I think how she's wrestled in the past. I think her attitude and her character of how she has been in NXT UK and NXT since being here in the States, I think fits that. Who who will they bring over or up? I'm not 100% sure. It's got to be somebody that has a personality that can match Rhea Ripley. Then I think that leads us to the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. I think this is predictable. I would love to see Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne get the belts. However, I don't see it happening. Again, this hasn't been built up all that much. This has been more... The Brutes taking on Imperium, and they need the Usos there and to be given a reason to be there. And therefore, I look for the Usos to retain with this. I think this is going to be maybe an opening match where it's just going to be predictable and allow them to more concentrate on Roman. We have Bobby Lashley versus Brock. I'm going to be very honest with you. I can't wait for this match. Um, I think we do not get a clean Lashley win, no matter how many of you want it. I think, actually, Brock is going to win this. I don't see how they can't. Yes, Brock can take a loss. Yes, Bobby Lashley needs this more than Brock. Yes, this could make Bobby Lashley. However... Brock has lost so many times to Roman Reigns this year. This year alone, I don't think he can take another loss. So I think we see Brock Lesnar winning in Saudi. 
because Saudi Arabia absolutely loves him. They request him every single chance they get. So then that leads up to the other women's match, which is why Alexa Bliss and Asuka and Damage Control are even on this program. To get Damage there for Bailey and to get Bliss Asuka there for Bianca. I think we're going to see them interfere. It's a last woman, last man standing match. I look for it to go backstage. I look for both teams to interfere. I look for both teams to be put through tables or some kind of barriers backstage or ladders backstage, something like that. I think Bailey has to win this. If Bailey doesn't win this, we have to say, what was the point? What was the point her coming back with damage control on July 30th at SummerSlam? What was the point in her continuing to stick with them? What was the point to her losing at Extreme Rules? She should have won. How they wrote that story, Bailey should have won at Extreme Rules. This should have been the rematch. Why they didn't do it that way, I do not know. But Bailey getting one of her dose titles back has been long overdue. And I think in order to give Bailey the momentum she needs, to give Bianca the break she needs, and in order to bring Becky back, I think Bailey has to win. And then you have Roman versus Logan Paul. This was not supposed to be the match of Crown Jewel. However, after seeing SummerSlam, the Crown Prince made this match. They, the Saudi family, I should say, the Crown Prince, requested this match. So, this is a no-brainer. I hope none of you think that Logan is going to win this one. He is going to have two unbelievable spots from what I understand. But this is going to be all Roman. And Roman is um, just going to take it to Logan Paul. However, the story of this match, from what I understand, is going to be Jay and Sammy. And I think you can count on this leading to Kevin Owens' return. And you're going to see Sammy and Kevin Owens take on the Usos. Kevin Owens and Sammy against the Usos. Day 1 in Atlanta, Georgia, December 27th. Because I think this is going to be the start of the end, and the end is going to come at Survivor Series 
leading to that match five weeks later. So that's kind of my predictions, what I know about Crown Jewel as we get closer. I'll let you know exactly, probably, I would say Friday, maybe earlier, um, exactly who will win the matches and how, and if there are any surprises and all of that. You're looking at, it's probably nine, maybe, on uh, Wednesday, 9 p.m., on Wednesday night, over in Saudi Arabia. So I think there tomorrow meaning Thursday, uh, we should know a lot more as they put the matches together and actually get the stunts they're going to be doing, um, what kind of objects are going to be used, what kind of weapons are going to be used, and how Bray Wyatt could affect different matches. So I look forward to talking to you guys really soon. Um, like I said, I've got quite a few topics coming up uh, about different things that have been happening the last month or two, the last week or so. So I look forward to talking to you guys soon, and hopefully I'll see you somewhere down the road.